Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. I, I was here uh, when, when the church was in the, the older, the other building, uh, and that building's about the size of this platform. And we had some great revivals there, and I came one Sunday, and y'all may remember it, uh, and, and we were building this building, and financially the, the building had to stop because there just wasn't any more finances. And uh, God used me that morning, and, and I challenged the people, and when I did, uh, God started moving, and the building was completed. But you're, I, I, what I want to say to you is you're sitting in a place today that was built by people who planted seed. Now, you see, that's where you're supposed to shout at me. Uh, see, uh, for those of you that haven't been uh, here when I was here before, let me explain our, 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 our jobs. I shout at you, and then you shout back at me. And, and, the, and the louder you are, the shorter I am in my presentation. So that, that ought to make you shout even if you don't believe in shout. Uh, but you're sitting in a, in a place today that was built by people who planted seed. Yes, amen. There you go. There you go. You, you, you've been here. They can't run you off. And, no. and, uh, and, uh, and, and I just rejoice every time I come here. I drive up and see this wonderful building, and in the last seven years, uh, Pastor and First Lady have given their life, and it's just amazing what God is doing. But, but as we were worshiping this morning, I kept kneeling down because the Lord was giving me a word for this church, and the word the Lord was giving me, Pastor, was this, that beginning this year, when the farmers are in the harvest field, the harvest of this church will begin for the next seven years. And it'll be like the harvest that Joseph experienced prior to the famine. And if you think the last seven years have been wonderful, wait till you see the next seven years. God was saying all this to me when you were speaking and when we were worshiping God. The Lord wanted me to say to this church that you're not, you know, uh, going to enter harvest. You're in harvest now. Mm -hmm. But when the farmers are in the field, it's going to be expedited and, and increased. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I can't wait if I get invited back to see what God is doing. Amen. Yes. Amen. Uh, my life changed six years ago walking through a Home Depot store. And, and God calling my attention to these seeds that I've carried with me for six years and laying them out on the bed and spreading them out on the dresser in every motel room that I've been in. And for the last six years, the revelation of seed time and harvest increasing in my spirit. And I'd like to share some things with you this morning, but, uh, and I'm having churches that ask me to come and just speak on this two weeks before Easter I was at Brother Rod Parsley's church. We had about 5,000 that, that Sunday. And as I'm speaking on this, all 5,000 are on their feet praising God because of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. 
So I don't expect any less here this morning from you. All right? But some people, when you, when you preach on sowing and reaping, they immediately think you're trying to get something from them. God is never trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. But in order to get something to you, he must get something from you. And so sometimes when you're preaching this, people get offended, especially unsaved people and religious people. So recently the Lord uh, uh, gave me a story that I like to proceed every message with when I'm preaching on this. And it was about a man who owned a pet store. And in this pet store, he had a parrot, and this parrot was rude. And this couple came in to shop at the pet store. And when they came in, the parrot looked at the wife, and he said, that's the ugliest woman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it offended the couple. And the, and the man went to the owner of the store, and he said, your parrot insulted my wife. So the owner went, opened the cage door, reached in, got the parrot, shook it till feathers went everywhere. He said, if you ever insult anyone else, I'm going to kill you. And he closed the cage door, and the couple continued to shop. And just as they were ready to leave the store, the parrot said to the man, come here a minute. So he walked over to the cage, and the parrot looked at him and then looked at his wife and said, you know. <laughs> you know. So look at somebody this morning and say, you know. <laughs> and if you get offended this morning, you know, God's trying to talk to you, and you know, come on, we're going to turn in the Bible to uh, 2 Corinthians, Math chapter, 10th verse, Message Bible, I love the Message Bible, and uh, I know some people think Jesus preached out of King James. But I like the Message Bible. And here's what it says in verse 10. The most, and now in, the, in the King James, it says, He ministereth seed to the sower and bread to the eater. But here in the Message Bible, it says, The most generous God, I, I can stop right there. The most generous God, how many of you could say, God's been good to me? God has been really good to me. Come on. How many of you got a, got a house to go home to? Wave at me if you got a house to go home to. Come on. How many of you got, got a car to drive home? Some of you got three or four. Come on. How many of you got food to eat when you get home or you got money to go out to eat at the restaurant? Wave at me. Do you realize how rich you are compared to the rest of the world? You're in the top 13% of the richest people in the world. 87% of the world is, is poorer than you are. Come on. You ought to be shouting this morning. Come on. You ought to be shouting this morning. I go to countries 
and take Bibles. And if we don't have enough Bibles, they will tear the pages out and give them to other people that want to read the Bible. And we've got five or six, but we never read them. Good place to say, you know. <laughs> you know. The most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread. Everything starts with a seed. The bread you eat started with a seed. The vegetables you eat started with a seed. The steaks you enjoy started with a seed. The bacon that you had for breakfast started with a seed. He gives you something you can give away. What are seeds for? What are seeds for? Oh, I can't get no help in this Methodist church this morning. I said, what are seeds for? What are seeds for? Why does God give you something? Why is God generous with you? Why does God give you seed? So you can sow it. The only place, are you listening? The only place that harvest comes before sowing is in the dictionary. <laughs> he gives you something that you can give away. And I told you I'm addicted. Because God told me that if I would get addicted to sowing, he would help me support my habit. He gives you something to give away which grows into full-form life, robust in God, so that you are wealthy in every way. Wow. Oh, God in heaven, I feel like running this morning. You are wealthy. That's a word that the church gotta, you know, has to embrace. They can't only say the word wealthy or rich, but God wants us wealthy and God wants us rich. And he just told us through a prophetic word that we have to do things according to the way the kingdom operates. And he said, when we do that, all things are added unto us so that you can be generous in every way. Come on. So you can be generous in every way. You know, I, I don't just sow when I come to church. Uh, I was at the service station the other day, there was an older couple in a pickup truck in front of me, and they filled their truck up, and then they filled the two gas cans up, and I only shop at, 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 at service stations that will allow me to fill my truck up and then pay for it. If they don't trust me, I don't trust them. And so the couple was getting ready to go and pay. I ran in ahead of them. I said, put theirs on my bill. I was in line at the Taco Bell, and there was a sheriff in front of me. And so when it came my time, I said, put the sheriff's order on my bill. I didn't know he was there to pick up lunch for the whole precinct. <laughs> Sometimes you'll sow more than you intended to sow. He got out of his car, came back to me. He said, are you sure? I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Whatever it takes. You know, I might meet you in a different situation sometime. I want you to remember this moment. 
So, so now, if I wasn't a blessed man, I couldn't do that. If I wasn't, you know, a prosperous man, I couldn't do that. If I didn't have seed, I couldn't do that. And you know something? That made an impact on him. It made an impact on this couple, and it'll make an impact on God. When you take the seed that he puts in your hand and sow it in the kingdom of God, it'll make an impact on God. You know, in Isaiah 55 and 11, it says, that as the rain comes down out of heaven and the snow comes down out of heaven and waters the earth and causes it to sprout and to bring forth. So shall my word be. The word don't come to entertain you. The word of God comes so that you can be enlightened and God can get seed to you so that you can sow that seed and that seed can multiply and you'll always have more than enough so that you can be generous on every occasion and every opportunity that comes your way, you'll be able to sow because you have abundance in what God has put in your life. God is not the God of enough. He's the God of more than enough. Come on, and if you're satisfied with enough, you're the most selfish person in this church. You'll never be able to do anything for anybody else as long as you just got enough. You got to take care of yourself. But when you move to the God of more than enough, then you can sow on every occasion. You can be liberal on every occasion. You can be generous on every occasion. That's what built this church. That's what's going to build your addition. Come on, God wants to bless you so you can bless the church and the church can uh, expand and, and have what they need so that God can bless you so the church can expand and you can have what you need so the church can expand so you can have what you need so the church can expand. My God, come on church, get with me today. And, and, and this revelation started with me walking through a home improvement store. You know, some people think they know to get a revelation in the closet <laughs> after a 30-day fast, but I get my revelation a lot of times driving my tractor, you know. Uh I'm standing in front of this, and you've probably heard me say this before. I'm standing here looking at these seeds like this, and the Lord says, uh, what is that? I said, that's tomatoes. He said, what's that? I said, that's watermelon. He said, what's that? That's corn. I said, that's squash. That's cucumber. I said, all that. He said, no, that's not it. He said, that's a picture of tomatoes. That's a picture of watermelon. That's a picture of corn, and that's a picture of squash, and that's a picture of cucumbers. And when it comes to prosperity, all my church has is a picture. Hello? All my church has is a picture, and I've heard it before. I've had people, you know, uh, say, you know, I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed rising up. I'm blessed laying down. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Can somebody give me a ride home? Can somebody help me pay my rent this month? Will somebody pray for me? I'm about to lose everything I got. You just got a picture. You don't have the product. And let me tell you something. This, this is a revelation. You can pray, and God will give you a financial miracle. 
But it's not a harvest. It's a miracle. And what's wrong with word of faith, Pentecostal, whatever you call yourself? What's wrong with us is we live from miracle to miracle, and when we don't get the miracle, we don't make it. But a harvest is a result of planting a seed. God gives us seed to create what He promised. Genesis 1 and verse 11, on the third day of creation, God created the seed. He only created seed one time. He created it on the third day of creation. Not the fourth, not the fifth, but the third. One of those seeds he created that day grew a tree that grew a tree that grew a tree that grew a tree that made a cross. Every seed points to the cross. Every seed sown is a celebration of the cross. I don't blame hell for hating sowing and reaping. It reminds him of the cross. I don't mind God. I leave seeds everywhere I go, brother. (laughs) Jesus, according to Galatians 3.16, was a seed. John 19.41, it says there was a garden where Jesus was crucified. Where do you put seeds? You put them in a garden. In the garden was a tomb. Where was Jesus buried? In the tomb. Where did Mary find him on the third day? With a stone rolled away, found him in the garden. Oh, come on. Amen. Jesus was a seed. Every seed has the ability to die, to resurrect, and to multiply. Every seed has the ability. I'm going to tell you why the stone couldn't hold Jesus in the tomb. Have you looked out here in the parking lot? Have you seen this grass growing up through the pavement? That's perennial seed. You can't stop perennial seed. It'll push its way through everything to come up. And Jesus was a perennial seed. He only had to be planted one time, and that stone could not hold him in. That perennial seed moved that, moved that stone and came forth as the first fruits of resurrection. Because he lives, we live. Because he was one, he multiplied into millions. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We're talking about seed, the power of seed, the power of seed to move everything that stands in your way. Did you know that there is a prophecy on every pack of seeds? Some of you don't look like you knew that. There's a prophecy on every pack of seeds. On the cucumber right here it says, in 53 days you'll have cucumbers. That's a prophecy. The other day when I was looking at that picture, the Lord said this, that seed in that pack has the ability to call things that be not as though they were because that picture is a revelation that that seed can call that into existence. My God, hallelujah, that seed can call that into existence. I want, you know, uh, 
This is what? Tomato. That's not a tomato. That's a it's picture of tomato. <laughs> See, we got to change our thinking. <laughs> now, if, if you take that seed out of that pack and you connect it with dirt, mm-hmm. it starts a process. Did you hear what I said? It starts a process. And many of you know that in 80 days, that's what it takes, <laughs> 80 days, they'll have tomatoes on this. Now, why is this important? Jesus spoke 43 parables about the kingdom. 26 of those parables was about sowing and reaping. In Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8, he spoke the parable about the sower who went forth to sow. And he talked about the soil that the seed fell into. And you know, it's our responsibility when we're sowing financially. And that's what Paul was talking about in Corinthians. He was getting ready to take an offering. And he said, before he took the offering, the God who gives to you liberally and abundantly is extravagantly with you. He wants you to be generous on every occasion. And I'm taking an offering here so that you can plant a seed outside of the Corinthian church, and that seed can bring forth a harvest in your life so you can be generous. And Jesus, in in the four uh, uh, synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he spoke 26 parables about sowing and reaping. And he said in his teaching on sowing and reaping, if you don't understand the parable of sowing and reaping, you won't understand any other parable. If you don't get this, you won't get anything else. And so he compared it to agriculture because 99% of the people he was talking to made their living through agriculture. When they brought an offering, it existed of vegetables or meat. That was their economy. And so he talked to them about sowing and reaping. You and I, it's different. You know, uh, a lot of people today, we only have three and a half million farmers left in America. We're getting our food from different parts of the world now because, because the government has put such sanctions on farming that it's not lucrative to be a farmer in America anymore. So we get our food from somewhere else. And, you know, I'm convinced the last uh, war that's going to be fought is not going to be, you know, over anything except uh, 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 food. You know, uh, Jim Baker, I guess, has a revelation. I don't have it. He's storing up food. Uh, if you got bullets and a gun, it don't matter who's got the food. <laughs> am I right? I said, am I right? Come on. But Jesus, you know, in teaching, uh, he compared the kingdom to agriculture. He compared the kingdom to sowing and reaping. God, now I'm going to help you here. God is the Lord of the harvest, but we're the Lord of the seed. You see, in, in 80 days, I could have tomatoes according to this prophecy. But I've had these for almost six years, and I don't have tomatoes. What? 
You have to plant them? You really believe that? There's no other way I can't pray for it? If I fast 40 days? If I sing in the choir? If I go to church? If I fall out in the Spirit? What? I still have to plant them? How many of you agree with her? How many of you agree with her? Well, why do you keep getting in line having prayer for your finances and you ain't sowing? Why do you keep getting mad at preachers preaching about sowing and reaping and you're not sowing? You think there's another way. There's not another way. God created the seed. Genesis 2.8, God planted the seed. The Bible said after he created seed, he planted seed and caused the ground to bring forth a garden. God was the first one to practice sowing and reaping. Are you getting anything? Uh, look at somebody and say, you know. <laughs> you know. We know all this. You see, that'll never be a tomato. And the reason it'll never be a, a tomato is I just disconnected it from its source. It'll lay right there on that platform, and it will die. Because I disconnected it from its source. It will never resurrect. It will never multiply. It will die right there. It had everything necessary for life. Look at the roots on that. It had everything necessary for life. It had everything necessary for multiplication. You have everything necessary for wealth. You have everything necessary for abundance. You have everything necessary to have all generosity in every situation. You have everything at your disposal. But, but when you rip up the faith of God, when you rip up the Word of God, when you disconnect yourself from the Word of God and connect with religion, you'll never multiply. You'll never have what God wants you to have. You are a seed, and you've got to be connected to the right source so that you bring forth the harvest that God has put inside of you. Come on, don't disconnect from this. Don't disconnect from God's Word. Don't connect with religion. Don't connect with tradition. Connect with the Word of God. The Bible said in Luke 6, 38, that if I give or I sow, that God will give back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. That's the Word of God, and the Word of God will work. Oh, come on. Malachi 3.10 said, if I tithe, God will open the window to heaven. He'll pour me out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive. You know. You know, I didn't come to play this morning. But this is a bad day for the devil. Come on. Hallelujah. You see, destinies are born where anointings connect. There are people come to church. I used to pastor. God, help me. I pastored for, for almost 10 years. I've been out of the pastorate for 32 years. I still got the list in my Bible of people I was going to kill in that church if I ever backslid. 
and people will come to church. Are you still here? People will come to church. They will listen to you preach. They will sing in your choir. They will play instruments on your platform, but never connect with you. Everything you say, they rebel against. Every time you try to bring them into position to be blessed, they act like that you're trying to control their life, and they're rebellious, and they disconnect from God, and they disconnect from the Word of God. They're never going to prosper until they humble themselves and say, God, you see, God sent a pastor here with an anointing. And if you connect with that anointing, the anointing on him will release the destiny that's in you. But if you're sitting there and you're in lack and need and want and, and nothing ever happens good in your life and everything's bad in your life, then maybe you need to come to the altar this morning and say, God, I missed it. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I connect. My, my, the anointing that's in this church is important for my destiny. Paul was telling these Corinthians, if you'll connect with the anointing that come to you today to talk to you and you'll connect with the anointing that I have in my life, he said, God will cause you to be generous on every occasion. You'll be wealthy. You'll have everything God wants you to have. If you'll connect with that anointing. How do you connect with that anointing? Through a seed. <laughs> As I pastored, I realized that the, that the people that always needed counseling and the people that always needed help was people that didn't give and people that didn't tithe. Everybody came for counseling in my church. I laid their tithe record on the desk when they walked through the door. I normally didn't even have to talk to them. They just looked at it and went home. <laughs> I just insulted somebody. You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> How many tithers we out of here could testify like this tither this morning? that God has opened the windows of heaven over you and seen you through some things that you thought you'd never get through. Would you wave at me this morning? Come on. How many givers in here this morning? You've sown seeds when it was hard to sow seeds, and because you sowed that seed, God took you to a whole different level in your life. Wave at me and shout hallelujah if that's you. Oh, come on. Come on. I'm talking. Mm, 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 mm. I don't know. How long I got to preach? Have I been preaching that long? Lord Jesus, I, I'm too old to preach that long. <laughs> I just turned 70. Somebody asked me the other day, so how do you feel? I said, well, I don't know how a 70-year-old man's supposed to feel. I've never been 70 before. <laughs> I said, I don't feel 40. <laughs> uh, I, I, have, I have got, you know. I could preach on this all day because just in my spirit. You know, God gives us seed to create what he's promised. And, and if you keep sowing what you've always sown, you're going to keep reaping what you've always reaped. And if you keep sowing what you don't need, you're going to keep reaping what you can't use. And, and, and our sowing in the natural has to do with appetite. Am I right? How many of you ever sowed? something in your backyard or, or in a flower pot or something? Have you ever sowed something? Did you sow something you liked or something you disliked? Huh? I said, did you sow something you liked or sow something you didn't like? You sowed according to your appetite. And the same thing's true in the kingdom. What are you hungry for? I said, what are you hungry for? 
I told you, I leave seed everywhere I go. See what I'm saying? I leave seed everywhere I go. You like corn? You sow corn. You like corn? You want some? She said, oh, my God, you ate your seed. <laughs> Would anybody like a piece of corn to eat? When you eat your seed, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Amen. This is not for eating. This is for sowing. If I eat this, I'll never have a harvest. If you eat your seed, you'll never have a harvest. And every seed that comes into your hand is either for eating or sowing. And a farmer will tell you that when he reaps a crop, the best seeds are for sowing. If you can write real quick, I'm going to give you 10 things that happens when you plant a seed. I don't have time to preach on it. Maybe I can come back and preach on it sometime. Uh, I'd like to do just a financial seminar here some Saturday and just teach everything I know about seed. Uh, the moment you sow a seed, you activate increase. <laughs> How many of you on Easter Sunday, you planted a resurrection seed in this church? Wave at me if you planted a resurrection seed. Look at somebody and say, I got a seed in the ground. <laughs> you planted that seed and you activated increase. <laughs> it's working for you right now. Watch this. Uh, can, you, can you pick that up for me? That's corn. Look here. If I take this corn and, and, and I walk over here and, and I move, and I'm sorry for all this dirt. I'd make a mess everywhere I go. But look here. If I take this and I, and I put it down here about an inch and a half and I cover it up, what you can't see that what's going to happen in the next 36 hours, and scientists have proved this, this, this dirt will vibrate. Because there's 17 nutrients in this earth that's been just laying there. But now they're being attracted to the seed. And if you pour a little water on the seed, that, that, that hard outer crust begins to swell. It feels pressure. And there's never prosperity without pressure. If you're under pressure right now, God's trying to take you to the next level. There's a harvest coming out of you. Come on, when a church is under pressure, there's a harvest. God's getting ready to take the church to the next level. Come on, you see. And in 36 hours, if water's on this, right out of the bottom of that piece of corn, you, you can confirm this at home. Take a paper towel, lay it on your, on your counter, wet it, put some corn seed on it, put another wet on top of it, and watch what happens in the next three days. Right out of the bottom of it, be a little white root will come out. And that's called a radical. <laughs> Look it up for yourself. It's called a radical. And that radical is looking for water. <laughs> and that radical is looking to attach itself to all these nutrients. I think it's interesting that there's 17 nutrients here and 17 promises in Deuteronomy 28. 
But those promises are just like this dirt. This dirt is dormant. The seed is dormant until they're connected. When they're connected, something begins to happen. Now, uh, how, how does this relate uh, to the church? Well, uh, I have to use my Bible for this. Uh, look, I come in here, and, and this is seed, and I'm going to prove this to you. It's seed. Uh, seed is, is developed in the cellulose of a plant or a human being. That's where the seed is born, where it's developed, where it comes forth, out of the cellulose. This is made out of the cellulose of cotton and wood. So this is scientifically seed. Now, if I take this seed, and let's say this is the kingdom. And I take this seed, and I put it in the kingdom. I can't see it, but it's in the kingdom. I can't see that corn, but it's in the, it's made a connection with what it needs to bring forth harvest. And when I put this in the kingdom, I make a connection with the kingdom. Jesus said that the kingdom is like a man who sows his seed, goes in and goes to sleep, and the next morning he gets up and he has a harvest and he don't know how it happened. Come on. I don't know how, how God has met my need and kept me debt-free for 32 years. I don't know how we've raised millions of dollars, over a billion dollars I've raised for Christian television. I don't know how God does all that. I don't know how God can speak to somebody I've never met in a state I've never been to, and they can send an offering that's exactly what I need at the time that I need it because God has connection with everybody around the world. And when you put a seed in the kingdom, angels start working for you. Come on. Devils start backing up. Hallelujah. You activate increase, and increase has to come, and God will do whatever he has to do to create that increase. The Lord recently said to me, said, the devil can crawl over your prayers. The devil can go around your prayers, but he can't go around your seed. You activate increase. Second of all, uh, you schedule a harvest. Galatians 6 and verse 9, it says, if you do not grow weary in well-doing, you shall reap if you faint not. God schedules your harvest the moment you plant a seed. And the closer we get to the end of, of time, the closer seed time and harvest will come. You might sow today and reap tomorrow. You might sow. I, I did that last week or two weeks ago. I was in Tyler, Texas. The pastor is Jerry Phelps. I want you to know that. It's Tyler Metro Church. I want you to know that so that I'm, I'm, you don't think I'm telling you some evangelistic story, okay? You can call Brother Jerry and check this out. And uh, I was there, and the church was, had a project going. And I told them, uh, uh, I'm going to pay my own airfare. Uh, uh, I'm going to rent my own car. And all the offering that comes in, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I'm going to give back to the church. It was $8,000. That's probably not a lot for some of y'all. It's a pretty good bit for the Savannah. And uh, I left there. The devil said, you're crazy. The devil said, you gave all your offering. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You gave all your offering back. What are you going to do? I said, I'm going to believe the Word of God. I'm going to practice what I preach. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. You see, now that's important because sometimes you can put a seed in the ground, and when the process starts, if you're not careful, you'll let fear, doubt, unbelief come into your heart. 
and you'll abort your harvest just like I aborted that tomato by pulling it out of that dirt. Somebody put that seed in there. I just reversed what they did. <laughs> you don't want God to mark calendar, mark an X through your schedule, day to heart, because of your unbelief and doubt. Number three, uh, your seed lifts up the standard against the devil. Uh, number four, it sets in motion multiplication. Every seed multiplies. Say that with me. Every seed multiplies. Say that with me. Every seed multiplies. Every seed multiplies. Every seed multiplies. I left $8,000 in Tyler. The next day, got $40,000. Unexpected source. Uh, one packet of seeds that I came across recently uh, was a different kind of seed than I'd ever seen before, so I picked up a pack of it. Honey, what does that say right there on that package right there? So easy. S-O-W, easy. <laughs> These are easy seeds and stuff. <laughs> They're wrapped in everything that's necessary for a harvest, and it's seeds for dummies. And they call them so easy. And I thought, well, that's a misnomer. So easy. There's some seeds that are not easy to sow. Let me hurry through this. Number five, your seed defies greed. Number six, your seed confirms faith. Number seven, your seed gets God's attention. Number eight, your seed moves God's hand. Number nine, your seed proves the devil's a liar because he told you you were greedy. <laughs> he told you you couldn't do what God told you to do. Number 10, your seed accelerates prosperity. It's like putting your foot on the gas pedal. <laughs> it accelerates it. Now, I got to finish preaching. I don't want to, but I have to. Today's my anniversary. My wife is coming home from New York. She's there every weekend for a dog show. Her dog won top, you know, top award there. So she's coming home. I got to get back to Nashville after church so we can celebrate. She's put up with me for three years now. It's not an easy thing to do. It's our resurrection. <laughs> Number three. I was married to my wife who passed away 47 years, so I've been married 50 years. I've learned a lot about marriage. I learned you reap what you sow. <laughs> Come on. If you sow love, you'll reap love. If you sow hate, you'll reap hate. Come on. you got to sow right seeds. Have a good marriage. But uh, I want to tell you quickly about a seed that wasn't easy to sow. Two, actually. I'm going to do it quickly. I was in California. And there's a church down in the industrial park. It was a small church, and I went there to preach. When I got there, the pastor said, we need a building. No bank will loan us any money. He said, we have $8,500 in our building program, and we're going to sow that in your ministry. That was a hard seed to sow, and it was a hard seed for me to take. 
I prayed over that seed. In 60 days, he got a call from a man who had a building that seated about 800, sits right on the interstate in Los Angeles. He called his pastor and said, I'm retiring. Our church is debt-free. We have about 300 members. We have a school. Everything's paid for. And as I was praying, God told me to call you and ask you, would you merge your congregation with my congregation? And if you will, you can become the pastor, and I'll give everything here to you and your church. I went back and dedicated that auditorium, and we had a shouting time. I was in Mississippi, small church. I don't just go to big churches. I go wherever the door opens. And the reason I can do that is because I don't go for money. Whatever comes in, God always meets the need. Sometimes the smaller churches are more generous than the larger ones. But that's just a side note for you. Uh, preached at this church, had a young pastor and his wife, two kids. Lived in a little apartment. He said, the church pays me $1,000 a month. We were eating lunch. He slides that check over. He just got it Sunday morning. He slides it over and says, we want to sow this 1000 into your ministry for a house. I, I didn't really need the thousand. It was hard for me to take. Matter of fact, I took it back, laid it on my desk, and left it there for almost a week. I wasn't going to deposit it. And the Holy Spirit said to me one morning when I looked at that check, when are you going to put his seed in the ground? Wow. I sent you to him like I sent Elijah to the widow so I could get in his finances, so I could bless him and his wife because they're givers, and you're in my way. Because you won't let them sow into your anointing. Well, I deposited the check. Eight months later, I get a call from this young man. He said, yesterday after church, a builder in my church asked my wife and I if we would go by a subdivision where he's building houses and pray over a house he's just built because he needed to get rid of it. He said, we went to lunch, went to this subdivision. We looked through this house. He said, my wife said, oh, God, I love this house, three bedrooms, two and a half baths, double car garage concrete driveway, every amenity known to man's in this house. He weeps as she's looking at this house, and he says, Honey, one of these days, God's going to help me provide a house like this for you. They walk into the living room. They join hands, and the young man begins to pray, and he says, God, you know this man is a giver. You know this man is a loyal member of my church. He needs to get rid of this house, God. And right now, Lord, you're going to put the right family in this house. And he just prayed like that. And when he said amen, he looked up. That builder was crying. And the builder handed him the keys. He said, he said, you remember that evangelist that was at our church? 
preached on seed. He said, God told me to build you a house that day. He said, this is your house. He said, this is your house. Oh, my God, church. Are you ready? Are you, are you here? That one seed. He would have had to. He, he probably never had a house like that. And if he did, he paid for it for 30 years. But in 30 seconds, God provided a debt-free house for him and his family. I've been back to that house. I've had lunch in that house. I shouted through that house because I thought about the power of one seed planted in the right place at the right time and how it changes our lives. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for the platform of this church to preach your word. I thank you for the word that goes forth in this church every week. I thank you, God, for all the ministers you sent here to preach the word. I pray that this word will not die. You said in Matthew 13, when the word is sown, the enemy comes to steal the word. Do not let the devil steal this word out of the hearts. God, I pray that just as that seed grows in the ground, the word of God will grow in their hearts. And I pray, God, that the harvest of this church will be as you said this morning. Lord, I believe that when the, when the uh, combines are in the field this fall, Lord, there'll be a power of the Holy Ghost revival in this church. I'm believing, God, as a harvest is being reaped in the fields, uh, Lord, this year, that in this church we'll see a harvest of souls. God, I pray in the name of Jesus for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to watch over this word and, Lord, to bring forth this word in our hearts in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, could you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Could you give God a shout of praise this morning? Remain standing. Everybody just stand with me for just a moment. Just, just stand with me for a moment. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, last year through television, we saw 2,079,000 souls that either called, emailed, or text and said we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior by television. This year, we've seen 950,000 already come to Jesus this year through April. Come on. Come on. Praise God. And the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Whew. The best is yet to come. But you may be here this morning. You may be visiting. You may, uh, you know, come to church as a favor to somebody else. But before you leave today, I got to know something. If Jesus came today or you didn't make it back to church next Sunday, is everything all right between you and the Lord? Have you given up on God? Have you got cold in your soul? Have you ever been born again? This is your day. This is your day. The Word of God's fallen into your heart. And the Word of God will bring forth a harvest of salvation and deliverance if you'll just receive it. And so before pastor comes this morning, I'm going to look around this audience. Starting over here on my left, your right. Is there anyone in this section here, Brother Payne? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, there's some things between me and the Lord that need to get right. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to ask you to come to me. I'm just going to pray for you right where you are. Because I, I go to countries where we have 20,000 raise their hand. You can't get them to the front. God is where you are right there. He's talking to you right now. That God is talking to you in a moment will change you if you'll just believe it. Is there anyone in this section? Brother Payne, please pray for me. Please pray for me. God bless you, honey. I see your hand. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you in the back. I see your hand. 
Glory to God. Look here. Everybody look at me now. I don't give secret altar calls because one day you're going to look at Jesus just like you look at me. Your eyes are not going to be closed. You're going to look at him just like you look at me. He's going to remind you of this morning when this evangelist asked you this question. So look at me. I'm going to ask you in this section. Anybody here, Brother Payne, I need prayer. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand over here, sir. Anyone else here? Raise your hand. All right. What about here? Anyone in this section? I see your hand. I see your hand. Anyone else? Way back there. I see your hand, baby. God bless you. Listen, the lady right back there in the back, when you raise your hand up, God told me to tell you that, that he's got a great harvest for your life. He, he's going to turn things around for you. Today is the start of it. Hallelujah. We're going to pray in a moment. What about this section here? Anybody here? God bless you and you and you and you and you. This is why I do what I do. This is why I travel. This is why I, I don't ever plan on retiring. As long as God gives me breath, I'm going to preach. And I'm not going to play. I'm going to preach like I preached this morning. Praise God. I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach the Word of God. And I'm going to tell people Jesus loves you. And if you don't ever change, he loves you just like you are. But he loves you too much to leave you like you are. Because, you see, he knows you'll never be happy like you are. When God breathed into man the breath of life, he put his seed in man. There, there's a seed in you, whether you're saved or lost, there's a seed of God in you. That's why you can't be satisfied outside of God. I'm going to tell you something, folks. We're killing off preachers, and we're killing off missionaries, and we're killing off, uh, you know, uh, great leaders through abortion. And I want you to know, regardless of what anybody says, when I was in my mother's womb, the eighth of nine children in my mother's womb, God spoke to the seed in my mother's womb. And he put a DNA in, my, in, in, in mama's seed for a preacher. I rebelled, and I went the wrong direction. But when I turned to God, that seed came forth, and I preached around the world. Come on. That seed that's in you, that seed that's in you this morning, if you'll let God take that seed and bring forth the harvest, you'll be amazed looking back at where you came from. Would you bow your heads with me now? We're going to pray. And we're going to pray out loud, and everybody's going to pray this prayer together. I don't want anybody not praying. I'm going to lead you in this prayer, and then after we pray this prayer, I'm going to pray. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, thank you for putting your seed in me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that I have the potential in me through your seed of being everything you want me to be. And today, in this service, I make a new commitment to you to be everything you want me to be, to live like you want me to live, to do what you want me to do. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the devil is defeated. In the name of Jesus, I am victorious. Now let me pray. Lord, you heard this prayer. People prayed this prayer, Lord, that, that, that the devil's put things between you and them. I pray now that every barrier will be moved. I pray that every obstacle, Lord, will be lifted. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that everything between you and them will be moved right now, and you'll give them a hunger for your word and a desire to come to your house. And, Lord God, uh, the ability to pray and to seek your face and, Lord, to be what you want them to be in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.